Welcome to the Think Orange podcast, where we want to encourage and equip leaders like you who are investing in the faith and future of the next generation. I'm your host, Shane, and for the next few weeks, we'll be talking about how to have better conversations with the people we lead. In my world on the Orange Students team, that means better conversations with teenagers on topics that matter most. That's why this year we set out to elevate the conversations around bullying, anxiety, suicide, and media literacy. The way we did that was by having real conversations with real teenagers and real experts. And today, I can't wait to share those with you. The conversation that you're about to hear is from the series Elevate, and you'll get to listen in with us as real teenagers from different backgrounds and families have a real conversation about anxiety. After that, you'll hear from our friend and expert, Dr. Chinwe Williams, as she speaks to those students and teenagers around the world about their mental health. My name is Ashley. My name is Namdi. My name is Jaden. Hi, uh, I'm Ford Reasons. I'm just getting ready for college, you know, trying to get my head right for adulthood, I guess. I would probably say like maybe like 92%. Over 50, probably 60%, I'm guessing. 100. 70-ish percent, even maybe even more. I think that there's a lot of us that have anxiety but just don't realize it yet. Or they don't really admit to it or show it that much, but they are still struggling kind of internally. I think anxiety makes me stressful. Nervousness, I think of a lot of physical symptoms, you know, sweating, heart racing, um, just a lot of physical discomfort. It could be little stuff like just going to Walmart, I get anxiety, I start sweating, because it's a lot of people, and sometimes I don't like being around a lot of people. I feel like the beginning of high school, because I kind of didn't realize I had anxiety until high school started, because that's when I started, like, getting more anxious and I was completely out of my comfort zone. If I could describe anxiety in one sentence, I would say it is an intense feeling of uncertainty. A feeling that makes me want to ball myself up. Feeling very tense. Yeah, I think tense is a good word for it. Anxiety just keeps happening and it just goes on. And life also goes on. So you just have to kind of push through it, push through tough situations and just, you know, even if it's hard. I want the world to know it's okay to have anxiety. Anxiety is normal. It's a natural feeling. Anxiety is a normal part of the human experience. Um, and there's a lot of help and ways to reduce it uh, for people that struggle with it. And it's just really important to remind others that they're not alone, that you can help them, maybe. It's okay, no matter your age, you feel anxious about something new, or even if it's something old and you're revisiting it, it's okay to feel anxious about it. Do not let anxiety control your life. So we gathered a few teenagers and invited them to let us listen in on their candid conversation about anxiety, and it was so good. Check this out. Everyone deals with anxiety. That's like a part of the human experience, but I think like certain people deal with like a like an irrational heightened level of anxiety. That's yeah. where you get like anxiety disorders and stuff. But I think it's a lot more people have dealt with that, especially since COVID. Yeah, I think like COVID brought it out and everybody, they're like, I can't be cooped up like this. I have to be out. Or they're like, they're sitting down and realizing like their problems and everything. I have a, a coping like teacher, I guess, paraprofessional. Yeah. And she teaches me how to cope with like anxiety or not having things go my way. Cause my parents think I'm OCD, but mm -hmm. um, it's just like, everything just has to be like straight in and how I want it. But I go to, I go more, mainly for like, you know, keeping things and I think that's where my anxiety comes from because I don't like to share my feelings or emotions or anything like that. So it's like, I think I have more anxiety about keeping it to myself rather than everybody else. And it like comes back at, out of nowhere and I'm just like panicking. It's okay to say, I admit you have anxiety and get yeah, through it. But I think that everybody has it at some point in their life. So I just think if you, it's like severe, you know, you should, you know, even 
reach out for help to someone. It could be your parents or anybody, but I just think that's something that should be dealt with and coped with. No, I, I totally relate to that. Like the, it's more anxiety, like keeping it to yourself. Like, yeah. A lot of people, like you know, they get anxious and they kind of deal with anxiety. But not everybody necessarily deals with it the same way. Mm -hmm. It can affect people more than it can affect others. You may have a panic attack about one thing or something, but then like. Like sometimes, it, like I feel like it can, it can really control a person. Yeah, it's like it can really control somebody person. else. Yeah. Anxiety kind of looks different for everyone. Like I've never had like panic attacks, but like I would wake up and just be like mid-level anxiety just all day for no reason. You know. Like I also have like OCD, and it really ties into my anxiety. So I would just be like really insecure. I'll like put one thing on my story, and then one person will look at it, and then I'll completely take everything off my and like like basically re redo my whole page. I like go through every single thing on there, I'll take everything off, and I'll put it back on, and I'll take it off. My mom said like, she just found me in my room when I was five, and I had like these plastic grocery bags, and I just put all my toys in them, and like I swear. Really? I don't, she just told me like, I just used to do this stuff. Yeah, this, yeah, look at like, when, when I was in seventh or eighth grade, I had like a really bad like season of it where I like had to touch everything with all 10 fingers, like I, had, I couldn't give people a hug on one side, I had to step two times in each square on the sidewalk. Like it was crazy. And I know that like some parents in some homes like maybe have like maybe not as safe as a spot. Like my parents were really supportive. Um, and so like for me the biggest honestly the biggest thing for me with my anxiety was just talking and reaching out for help. Our generation has a lot of access to each other that many generations before us didn't. Like say what, forty years ago? Like, we're talking about Stranger Things, where they had to call each other on one house phone yeah. <laughs> and you couldn't post your pictures on the house phone. So having the access to each other's lives so easily makes us have a mentality where it's like, okay, my hair looks like this, what's this person going to think? Um, my fit doesn't look as clean as I thought it, I thought it was. All this stuff, it just builds up. Yeah, and like, not everyone's like this, but sometimes it's just like, just like, you know, back then you didn't like have Instagram and you didn't like post everything, but sometimes you just have that urge to like let everybody know, just like yeah, post everything cool. you're doing. And so you're so caught up on like what the world sees that you're doing that you're not really focused on what you're actually doing. You're not really enjoying yourself. And you just get anxious about all the little things that shouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah, like def definitely. Cause um, I remember I was at a party once and I was with my friend and we started looking around and like every other person we saw was on their phone. Like, none of them were actually paying attention to the moment. Like, even if you go online and watch uh, videos, like on TikTok, if mm -hmm. you watch videos of a concert, most of the people aren't paying attention to the concert. They're looking at their phones. I know, I hate that. Actual interaction, I think, with, I would say, is so important in just, like, life in general because I think that we need that one-on-one -on -one connection rather than that one-on-one -on -one connection through a phone or through social media and stuff like that. So I think that social media has, like, a lot to do with anxiety in general because people are, are trying to figure out do I fit this image of what these people think I should be rather than what I think I should be and how I think I should act and do my life according to how I want it rather than social media. So I was gonna say this from um, my point of view as an African child, a great cause of that is pressure from parents. And I remember going through high school my father gave me the illusion that I could do whatever I wanted. And I mean, I ended up picking what he, he like had that idea of out of like myself. But like when I got to making that decision, I, I picked my, I made my choice. And then he came and told me, you know, you're going to become a doctor, right? And all, all of a sudden my head was just like, wow, is this really what I want to do? 
I mean, after like a couple of weeks, I was like, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Like I'd come to terms with it, but like the anxiety from him saying that was just like so strong. I almost changed my, my mind. I almost switched like computer science or something. So that for me is what I thought was a, um, a great factor in, in anxiety. A piece of advice for someone dealing with anxiety, I'd say I would want to encourage them that like having anxiety or some other type of disorder does not make you any less of a human or less of a Christian. And I would say that there is help. There's people and programs that can help. You just have to look for them and do the work to reach out to those people and those resources. Um, but you don't have to live that way forever. That was such a good conversation. Social media, pressure, hyperconnectivity, so many factors contributing to today's climate of anxiousness and anxiety. But let's go even further in our conversation as we ask an expert who has seen a lot and who can help us frame it all from a professional perspective. I'm excited for you to listen in and learn from Dr. Chinwei and our friend Shane. Hey, my name is Shane Sanchez, and I am here with Dr. Chinwei Williams. Dr. Chinwei Williams is a licensed professional counselor with over 18 years of experience working with adults, young adults, adolescents, teenagers, and she spent a lot of time focusing on anxiety. So she's the perfect person to help us as we elevate the conversation about anxiety. Dr. Chinwei, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here. I really love that we're having this conversation and elevating the conversation about anxiety. So I want to actually share like something that stood out to me a long time ago in my training. Anna Freud, who is the daughter of a pioneer in our field, Sigmund Freud, said something really important. She said, anxiety really isn't about the presence or absence of an emotional struggle, because that's not what predicts our future mental health or emotional wellness. It really is the ability to heal and we can only heal when we face it and when we deal with it and not turn away from it, yeah. which is so hard when we're talking about anxiety in particular, right? Oh yeah, that's so good. And I, I wish I would have known that and heard that when I was a teenager, <laughs> like that would, have, that would have helped me in massive ways. And I know for teenagers today, anxiety is, is even maybe more complex or just it's different in some ways. So how would you describe anxiety as it relates to Gen Z specifically? Yeah, so I've got to say I started my work probably about 18 years ago and even then working with teenagers, I saw anxiety, right? Mm. There was social anxiety, there was OCD, mm. there was generalized anxiety. Mm. But what I'm seeing now in my private practice is definitely an uptick. And I think there are a lot of different factors. Um, so yes, there is anxiety, but what's happening, and by the way, anxiety impacts all of us regardless mm. of age or demographic, mm. but what I'm seeing now that I think is very unique to Gen Z is really three things. It's the pressure that Gen Z, Gen Zers are facing. Yeah. Um, so it used to be that people that I would counsel would say, I want to be really good at this one thing, or I want to be successful or accomplish this particular goal. The kids that I'm counseling, the teenagers that I'm counseling, they really want to be successful all around Ooh. the board. That's a lot of pressure. And that's a lot of pressure. And they're also seeing what's happening on social media, which really brings me to the second factor that I think really plays a role, which is the role of technology. And so I think that social media and technology oftentimes gets sort of like a bad rap, but it plays a role because Gen Zers and all of us are looking at 
all of the abundance of information. And Gen Zers, as you know, Shane, are digital natives. So yeah. they know how to navigate this when it comes <laughs> yes. to technology. And I wanna say that technology has a lot of positives. It allows us to do even what we're doing right now, yeah, right, absolutely. having a conversation that is going to be important and gets out to the world. But Gen Zers in particular tend to be hyper-connected, more mm. so than like my generation. Mm. And some of that information can be helpful, but can also be anxiety provoking. Oh, yeah. It can actually fuel, according to research, um, levels of sadness, mm. um, loneliness, and despair. And wow. so, by the way, loneliness was already considered an epidemic yeah. in the mental health field. Yeah. And Gen Zers, um, according to research and what I'm seeing in my counseling office, are feeling yeah. it significantly. Wow, wow. I, I remember reading um, the Surgeon General's report recently about loneliness, which is really, really significant. But um, there's so much in what you just said. I, I mean, the impact of media and social media and all of those different things. I mean, I know that feeling. I don't know about you. I'm guilty of this. I'll admit it. You're a counselor, so I can be really honest with you. Um, I, I, sometimes I wake up and I scroll the news or I yes. scroll social media and I, I feel it. Yes. There's something, whether it's hours or later in the night, that I, that I feel that. And, and there's just a sense of anxiety that can come with it. That is absolutely right. And it doesn't matter how old you are, yeah, right? Or what yeah. stage of life you're in. When you are sort of consuming an abundance of information, yeah. it can actually evoke feelings of fear mm. because you sometimes feel like you're missing out on something. Or there's a sense, I know my teenagers will tell me in the counseling office, there's a sense that they're failing or they're falling behind somehow. Mm. And also that steady sort of, you know, stream of information oftentimes isn't always positive, is it? Yeah. So, so we true. have seen so much news that's not positive, that's actually quite negative. Mm. And when we are sort of one swipe away yeah. from all of the scary events that's happening in yeah. the world, yeah. that can't be great for mental health. Oh yeah. Right? So yeah. we can't be so hyper-connected. No, that's a great point because, I mean, there was a day that we both remember when that wasn't even possible. <laughs> we couldn't know what was going on on the other side of the world. So there's a lot of good involved in social media. There's connection that happens and all of that. But when it comes to anxiety, I can, I can see that impact. Um, I, I want to talk about something you said specifically, which is all ages being impacted by anxiety. There's a, there's a wide range of anxieties that we experience. So could you maybe explain a little bit of the difference between anxious feelings and maybe an anxiety disorder? Because I think they're, they're different, right? Oh, it's different. And it's such a great question because I think it's really important to sort of tease out the differences. And so anxiety, I think this is so important to say, is normal. And it's common, it's something that you experience, I experience, and we all experience it from time to time. So anxiety is really positive in the sense that it can kind of get us motivated, mm, right? It can yeah. prepare us to either, you know, crush it on stage or mm. for like a school presentation or crush that job interview. Anxiety also prepares us for a threat. So mm. it actually gets us going when we have to confront our fears or run away from it, oh, right? Yeah. So it serves a purpose. And so situational anxiety, which I think it's important to kind of share, yeah. is an anxiety that really comes from a very specific event, mm. right? Or a trigger, mm -hmm. um, such as speaking on stage, yeah. delivering a report in front yeah. of like your peers. Yeah. I was thinking of that <laughs> specifically. Yeah. Something that's high stakes, right? Yeah. The first day of school, mm. right? I can get butterflies just thinking about yeah. like those experiences. And so um, if you think about like something that you've worked really hard for, like I think about teenagers that I've counseled, 
they play sports. Mm -hmm. Let's say lacrosse or basketball. Yep. They have been preparing for, let's say, the national championship pretty much all of their life, yep. right? Yep. So if you can imagine the day before mm -hmm. that event, you're nervous, oh, yeah. right? Like you're, it's, you're probably gonna have trouble sleeping. Those things are really normal because once that event comes and passes, mm -hmm. guess what? The anxiety passes. That's true. Right? Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but for someone who's experiencing an anxiety disorder, they actually have a tougher time getting rid of the anxiety. And so if you're experiencing an anxiety disorder, you may notice that you have persistent, excessive worry thoughts. Mm. You're worried about the future. You're worried about a threat that doesn't seem very specific. It can actually oh, seem yeah. pretty nebulous. And so that can be very distressing and distressful for people. And so when it gets in the way of like your everyday life, and if someone comes up to you and says, Shane, you're gonna be okay, mm -hmm. it's gonna be fine, mm -hmm. and that helps for two seconds, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. probably oh, yeah. an anxiety disorder because yeah. you're not easily reassured. Wow, that, I mean, that makes total sense. I, <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had you to tell me that when I was in high school. Like I remember those feelings that you just described, whether it was giving, I, I mean, I, I get to speak and, and talk to students students and adults and all of that now as an adult, but I remember getting up in front of my class as a high schooler and it's that panicky, it's the shaky, it's the oh my gosh. I remember getting in the batter's box as a baseball player in high school and having all those feelings that you just described, but I also remembered and, and realized now looking back that I had some, some more going on when it came to anxiety. Um, I've had experiences in both of what you just described, yeah. so it's really, really not only interesting, but I think helpful to hear you say it the way that you just said it. And we get to have this conversation with teenagers yes. today. So I didn't have that opportunity when I was a teenager, but you're here now. So I would love to just ask you this. What would you say to a high schooler that's maybe having some experience of anxiety right now? What's the one thing you would say to them? Yeah, well, I think it's really important to say this. Anxiety is challenging. It is absolutely distressful but anxiety does not make you a failure. And anxiety isn't a sign of weakness. So fighting anxiety actually takes enormous strength, wouldn't you say? Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of my teenagers need to hear because it makes you feel like you probably don't have a lot of strength. But you do, and what's important also to mention, Shane, is that anxiety can be managed in a lot of different ways. So there's so much information that we know now through research about healthy coping strategies. That's so good, that's so good. This conversation has been so helpful. Thank you so much for your time, thanks for your expertise on this topic, and thank you for helping us elevate a conversation about anxiety. It's so important and we're grateful for you, so Aww. thanks. Thanks for having me. Today, we've learned a lot and discussed a lot. Let's take it one step higher as we look for God's truth on how to face and walk through anxiety. Here's Jean. Hey, what's up guys, I'm Jean. And today we're talking about a really big topic, anxiety. To be really clear, I'm not talking about normal, everyday stress, depression, or other mental health topics. We're specifically focusing on anxiety. First, let's talk about what I mean by anxiety. The American Psychological Association says that anxiety is an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. In other words, anxiety involves our emotions, our minds, and our bodies. It affects all three areas of ourselves in different ways. 
I know you know this, anxiety seems to be one of the top things that people are talking about right now. Influencers, teachers, people in the news, mental health professionals, and doctors are all saying that we need to be paying attention to rates of anxiety. But that doesn't make how we feel suddenly change. When you're feeling anxious, you're looking for possible threats in your environment. As a result, you may feel tense, nervous, or unable to relax. You may experience panic or a, a sense of dread. You may feel like your world is speeding up or slowing down. Okay, that is what anxiety feels like, but there are different types of anxiety. There's helpful anxiety. See, anxiety is actually an instinct that has helped humans survive throughout time. Think about the person who, back in, in the day, had to hunt for their own food while also being hunted by like a saber-toothed tiger. I'm sure they felt some anxiety as they walked through the brush and trees, but that anxiety helped them to stay alert to their surroundings and aware of things lurking in the bushes that could also eat them. That kind of anxiety seems pretty helpful to me. And that's the anxiety that shows up when we are in difficult or potentially unsafe situations that can help us to stay alert in helpful ways. Then there's unhelpful anxiety. Today, we can sometimes have those same feelings as our ancestors, but without the same threat. It's like our minds and our bodies are saying something is lurking in the shadows, but the feelings don't match the threat. It's when we feel intense worry or fear over something, but that something isn't anything we can always control. I'm sure we all experience this from time to time, and although it's not that helpful, it can be really normal. Also, there is consistent anxiety. Now, there are some of us who experience a different kind of anxiety. It's like it's always on. We worry, have feelings of fear or dread about the future, and make decisions based on this heightened level of anxiety we feel daily. Some of us have diagnosable anxiety disorders, and some of us just feel like we're in crisis all of the time. Unfortunately, research seems to say that there are more and more of us who deal with this type of unhelpful anxiety regularly, myself included. Look, no matter where you are with the conversation about anxiety, my guess is that either you or someone you know deals with once in a while or consistent unhelpful anxiety. That's why today, I want us to elevate the way we think about the anxiety crisis going on around us. Here's what we all know. Anxiety is something a lot of people are dealing with. According to the research, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illnesses in the world. But from my own experience, and most likely from some of your own experiences, the feelings of anxiety we face can make us feel like we're all alone. We can know that a lot of people go through the same thing, but it can also feel like no one else could even ever understand. In fact, we could even say that feeling alone intensifies anxiety. Feeling alone or like no one else can understand our anxieties might be the reason why so many of us try to find ways to avoid dealing with our anxiety. What I mean is, we try to cut corners instead of facing our anxieties head on. Instead of figuring out how to really deal with unhelpful anxiety in a way that gets it under control or at least helps us manage it effectively, we do all sorts of other things to try to get around having to take the really hard steps of dealing with it. Maybe we try to push through our anxious feelings by putting on a smile and pretending we're okay, when in fact, 
We aren't because we want to be seen as normal. We try to avoid our anxious feelings with drugs, drinking, porn, sex, clout chasing, or other things for temporary relief from feeling overwhelmed because feeling any of those other things is better than feeling anxious. We do our best to hold on to good vibes or try to manifest a different reality that will hopefully fix our anxiety about the future because we don't want to feel in the future what we feel today. Here's the issue with the way so many of us typically approach anxiety. Trying to avoid, fix, eliminate, and go around anxiety doesn't seem to be helping. Like we all know, anxiety is at an all-time high. The level of anxiety we are experiencing is not healthy and doesn't seem like the kind of life that God created us to live. In fact, Jesus himself said that he wanted to show us how to live a full life. So if that's possible, how can we begin to experience more of that life? It would be so great to be able to offer a cure today, but I have to be upfront about this. This talk won't be a cure, but hopefully this conversation will help us answer an important question. If pushing through, avoiding, or ignoring aren't working, is there a better way to deal with anxiety? A few thousand years ago, this guy named David, who happened to be a really powerful king, wrote something that can be helpful for the conversation we're having today. He was a guy who knew a thing or two about anxious feelings. He fought lions and bears, was chased by a paranoid and power-hungry king, had a rough relationship with one of his sons, and made some really bad personal decisions. Yikes. I'm sure this dude felt anxious from time to time. Well, he wrote a poem about the difficult times in life that shows us a different way to deal with what we're facing. It's recorded in the Book of Psalms, which is a collection of poems and songs written by people that were following God, like David. I'm gonna read through this entire poem, but I'll stop every so often to explain what he's talking about. Check out what he wrote. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. David is acknowledging that in our best moments, we can be confident that God gives us everything we need to thrive in life. Then he says, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Truly refreshing rest and peace come from God. Those moments where our soul feels peaceful and rested, even if it's been a while, they're from God. God wants you to be able to experience more and more of that. God takes us on a journey to live a full life where we can experience peace and goodness. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. We said earlier that it seems like so many people are trying to avoid or go around anxiety. Well, David says there's a different way. The darkest valley he's referring to are difficult moments or experiences we all face in life. He says that instead of trying to go around or avoid these issues, we can go through them. It doesn't mean anxiety will just disappear, but that there are ways to go through our darkest valleys. Anxiety may be one of these darkest valleys for some of us. Going through anxiety might mean sharing with someone how you're feeling for the first time, opening up to a trusted friend about something in your past, getting the help of a professional, or even starting medication. Not only that, David experienced walking through the difficulties of life 
and he was able to say that to himself, I will not be afraid. This seems impossible, but David says the reason that this can happen is because God is with us. When we do the hard but good work of going through anxiety, God is with us. We are not alone. No matter what it looks like for you, even if you are dealing with an anxiety disorder that you'll manage for years, like many people, you aren't doing it alone. God is always with you. Every time you're afraid, worried, or anxious, God who created you and loves you is with you. You are never alone when you feel anxious. Most importantly, God makes a way for you to know you will be okay. Okay may not mean cured without or completely healed from anxiety, but it does mean you can be more okay than you may feel right now. When I say okay, I don't mean things will automatically be fixed or better. Like in my case, I will be dealing with anxiety for the rest of my life. But what I can tell you is that once I realize that I'm not alone, that God is with me and there are ways to manage it, I am way more okay than I've ever been before. And I so wish I would have realized this when I was your age. I wish I would have known there was a way through what I was feeling when I was in high school. Things like talking to people who loved me, a counselor, a psychiatrist, and starting medication. Not everyone will need the same things I did, but any of us who are struggling with anxiety can take steps to go through anxiety in order to be okay. In fact, as David closes his poem, he gives us a glimpse at what goes on once we decide to go through and not just try to avoid the darkest valley. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. David says that as we journey through life, we can be confident that God is equipped to help us through our darkest valleys. Not only that, we'll come to find that God blesses us, is good to us, and loves us so much. David says we'll experience a feast, even when surrounded by our enemies. Think about it this way. Even though anxious feelings may never fully go away, we will be okay. We will still be able to enjoy a good and full life because God is with us, is equipped to help us, He loves us, and God makes a way through our anxiety. Remember, God makes a way for you to know you'll be okay. Remember, okay may not mean cured without anxiety or completely healed, but it does mean you can be more okay than you may feel right now. And how do we know that's true? Well, David uses a bunch of language that explains what a shepherd does. Rod, staff, leading, all of it is connected to how a shepherd guides his sheep. Check out something Jesus said about himself. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Jesus said that he is our good shepherd. He was saying that a not so good shepherd would leave their sheep when danger approaches. 
As a good shepherd, Jesus says he's committed to us no matter what comes our way. And Jesus came to show us what God is like. So we can be confident that God makes a way to know we'll be okay because Jesus proved that he'd be the one to guide us through life. We're not alone. And Jesus proved that when he came to walk with us. Today, even though we can't see Jesus, we get to follow his spirit who guides us. Listen, having wrestled with anxiety myself, having walked beside dozens of other teenagers, family members, and other adults who have been there too, I wish there was a magic formula that took it all away. I wish there was medicine, a practice, a cure-all that made it just all disappear. But that's just not the case. But here's what we can count on. God promises to be with us. God gives us a way to move forward in spite of it, to not allow it to take control of our lives, but to find a way to thrive in its presence anyways. Whether you are dealing with anxious feelings sometimes, living in a constant state of unhelpful anxiety, or just know someone who is, all of us can do something about what we're talking about today. But instead of trying to give you a bunch of answers about where to begin, I just wanna leave you with one thought and a few ideas to go with it. As you continue this conversation, just remember, how you walk through anxiety matters. Ignoring, avoiding, and ultimately trying to go around anxiety isn't working. So what would it look like for you to walk through or help someone else walk through their anxiety? Here are a few ideas. Talking to a trusted adult. Getting honest about whether you're having anxious feelings or consistent anxiety. Asking for help determining which one you're experiencing. Talking to God about how alone you feel when you're anxious. Addressing the anxiety you see a friend struggling with. Learning more about the different kinds of anxiety we experience. Being open with someone about the things you're worried about. Starting to see a counselor. Seeing a medical professional about starting medication. There are so many ways to begin this journey. Personally, I think everyone should talk to God and talk to a trusted adult. But here's the key. The step we can all agree to take is the first one. So what's yours? I mean, just imagine if taking steps through anxiety could begin to change everything for you or someone you know. Wouldn't it be worth it to start by just taking one step and then taking the next and the next and the next? One step at a time is how you will find yourself having moved through the darkest valley David talked about. One step at a time to move through and not around. That's the way forward. God makes a way to know you'll be okay. Okay may not mean cured, without anxiety, or completely healed, but it does mean you can be more okay than you may feel right now. When you head to small groups, think about your response to this question. What part of the anxiety conversation is most difficult for you? I sincerely hope that today's conversations have given you hope, insight, and have raised the bar for how you think about and talk about anxiety. So. Here's one last reminder that you are not alone and that God makes a way for you to be okay, no matter what okay looks like for you. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. 
Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Think Orange podcast. If you like this episode, we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share it. Plus, if you want to be a part of more conversations like this one, you can get your tickets to Orange Conference 23 at theorangeconference.com. We'll see you next time on the Think Orange podcast. Mm -hmm.